0: Your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Sola. All right, welcome to a Monday of Lacrosse Talk PM. John Robinson is in here, and John, I just—I didn't even write anything down. I know you're a vert. He's my economist. He's one of my economists. I bring on. He works at Viterbo, but he is this part, this department. I know you're like you have a <laughs> yeah. you have a fancy title, but I didn't write it down.
1: Well, it keeps it keeps changing. So we're we we got two active hiring processes going on. There'll be new people. Soon we hope, but for right now, Because you
0: were the interim something last time you were here, yeah,
1: so I'm still interim associate dean, but there's uh we don't have a dean right now, so I'm kind of filling in for that too in the summer, but you know we've got a lot of hope, someone will come in it will be great, we'll have a new face in the cross, and
0: that's not something you want though,
1: oh, no. are
0: you no. applying for the dean job? no sir, we could sit- <laughs> that'd be off the record, Rick, i can't talk about <laughs> it.
1: No, <that's- laughs>
0: It's all that's always tough because, uh, you know, somebody it, it, I being a sports guy, you see this all the time. He's the interim head coach and then he's not the head coach. And it's like, well, if you're the assistant head coach and then you're the interim head coach and then you didn't become the head coach, then you probably want to leave. Right. But you're you're in the in the uh, economic classes. So interim dean and those are like two different things. A lot of times you guys want to teach. Right. Like as opposed exactly.
1: To, you know, it's like a big old sailing ship and, I, you know. I'm in the, you know, I've I've got the sails and I'm trying to keep the boat headed west. And when a different person puts on the hat with the big feather, I'll happily cheer them from not in charge. Speaking of
0: that, I saw a story, and maybe you've seen this, um, to, to like, save the environment.
1: Mm -hmm. uh,
0: They're thinking about using large kites to uh, move ships across the ocean. Oh, yeah. Literally a headline I saw, like, not not literally, but... uh, a headline I saw, and everyone's I was like, wait a minute. We well, those, yeah, a-
1: those big container ships burn like the really high sulfur, like acid rain causing stuff. And so, but yeah, what po- is
0: a large kite to you? <laughs> <laughs> because I feel like that could also be called a sail, it could be called a sail.
1: <laughs> Maybe it just sounds fancier if you call it a kite, right? Or, or
0: there's a guy up there holding on to it, like he's got the string, right? He's like, Rrr.
1: well, the one I saw this week was painting the Sahara. If we, you know, if we could just paint a good chunk of the Sahara white, we'd be in good shape, climate-wise. What, what,
0: oh, what would that do? Just, like, take the beating of the sun away a little yeah, bit? Yeah, well,
1: white, is, white paint is reflective. Think about asphalt, right? Asphalt is hot yeah. compared to concrete. Well, if you make the Sahara white, then that will reflect the sun back to space and then the net, you know, because the Earth is radiating heat, too. Right. It's just, you know, we, the, right now the heat coming from the sun is greater than the heat leaving the Earth, so temperatures are rising. But if you paint the Sahara white, it'll bounce off and
0: I'm just thinking Of like, course. I'm just thinking of the, they're not really called stormtroopers, but the stormtroopers in space balls.
1: Oh, but <laughs> yeah. they're
0: out there like with paintbrushes. <laughs> Man, this job <laughs> sucks.
1: <laughs> they're just yeah. painting the Sahara. <laughs>
0: That's painting the future the of
1: climate activism is combing the desert with an actual
0: Yeah, Comb color. the desert. What you guys found? Man, we ain't found bleep. Six zero eight seven eight five seven nine one four. 608-785-7914. This is not what I brought John on to talk about, but I'm all for it. If we want to talk about sailing ships and painting the desert and spaceball It does
1: not and, take a lot to get me derailed. I'll well, and honest.
0: it sounds like you're a fan of Star Wars and Spaceball, so I think we could talk about that for the entire hour if you wanted. I did just see, uh, what did I just see? Mission Impossible 7.1 last night, so I just saw that. It was pretty good. Uh, no spoilers here, people, but, um... That uh, do you pay attention to this being an economist? Like how the fight in Hollywood is happening right now, and oh, and a little the
1: bit. Topic, to- the it's, talking points there. It's interesting. Yeah, I mean, looking. At, I mean, again, this might come up later too in our discussion about we think about you know, collect, you know working together to get wages higher. I mean, right when those writers work together, you know, they they get you know, that's, those are those are good jobs when they're when you're in the guild. Now you have to get in, mm-hmm. but um, but then that's what they're trying to tear down. I think.
0: Oh, and then when the actors show up on their side, those actors are pretty good at communication. I don't know if you've heard about this. (laughs) Right. They're pretty good. You put a camera in front of them and they can talk. You know, if you, you probably want them on your side. So, you know, the Bob Igers of the world, the guy that owns, that runs Disney. And it's so funny because the guy that runs Disney is like, they're. They're out of out of their minds the demands they want it says the dude making 27 million dollars a year like Right oh. and
1: you're competing against someone with like mad rhetorical skill right their job is to
0: Right do really good Yeah probably don't want to fight don't want to fight with the guy that's getting paid 20 million dollars a movie or whatever it is that Tom Cruise makes um, all right, so some of the things I want to talk about, I, I, I threw this at you like forty five minutes ago, but it's how it, you know I don't I don't have any problems with thinking that you're going to know all about just like minimum wage and and how how it, how it where it's at now, mm-hmm. should it be changed? How should we change it? And then not even just that, but like minimum wage for giant corporation it's got to be way different for minimum wage for like the hardware store in your you know in hoka minnesota or something like that there's literally a hardware store i go to in hoka
1: yeah well and, and what's interesting we have we kind of have this natural experiment going on where if the minimum wage matters before we haven't really changed it much and we all mean everybody knows entry level wages have gone up a lot, Mm -hmm. right? So it's been really hard to find workers that those for those entry level positions. And so all of a sudden that minimum wage that was maybe helping people get to a level that they couldn't have got to before now doesn't have as much bite. Like maybe it's not really doing much anymore because the level is below what the market is paying for a lot of those jobs. So we're sort of all of a sudden seeing well, what happens if you turn the minimum wage off and you know, that's, you know, it has some effect, but I mean, kind of the reality is maybe what the minimum wage really does is gets people to hire than they would have been otherwise. And if they don't have it, then they're not going to get there.
0: I haven't even really thought about the experiment. Turn the minimum wage off, like get rid of the minimum wage.
1: Well, and effectively, that's what we've done because all of these oh, yeah, entry-level right. positions are above. You know, again, that's not totally well, true. Well, people but- always say
0: the minimum wage. No, nobody's paying minimum wage anymore here in the cross. I'm like, ah, there's a couple of businesses paying minimum wage. A lot of time it's, it's uh, we need you to take this job and we'll pay you minimum wage, but you're really just taking this job because your kid is here and you're, yeah. you're going to coach your kid or whatever. It's kind of like, but we have to give you a pay, you know? So otherwise, it, we, we, it, I guess it could be volunteer, but it's a little bit of an incentive to come and do it.
1: Yeah, I think maybe, you know, it's those are always going to be around. It's just probably there's less of that now than there was before. Or right? just the total number of physicians at that level are probably lower now. Oh yeah, for and sure. And then if we were to raise minimum wage, especially with line with all the inflation that's been happening, then we would see again what happens and, you know, there's a lot of research on this and one of the major things that happens is it just You know, people at those really entry level positions just end up making more money. And God forbid. I know. Well,
0: and then people at those positions, usually people at the lower positions, when they end up making more money, they probably will spend that money quickly on things. Yeah, especially local things too. Whether it's the bills Mm -hmm. or the house and car payments or just the sub sandwich that they're making at the place where they're making (laughs) just above minimum wage, right? Um, also want to talk about inflation a little bit. i I got a little bit of a lesson because inf- I, I keep I kept seeing uh, on a person's Twitter inflation this inf- Minneapolis is at mm-hmm. the lowest inflation rate of, in across the country, and Florida is at the highest. And, and that's a city and a state, I know. But um I was like, well, when are we gonna start to see the deflation? And somebody replied to my tweet. That's called a recession, Rick. We actually don't do we not want to see a deflation because that would mean our country's in a in a bad spot, the economy's in a bad spot.
1: Well, not necessarily. I mean, it's possible to have a good economy with deflation. It would just mean, for example, you had let's imagine that I, you know, there's some this new technology that we can now construct houses for like a nickel. I mean, I'm just being goofy, oh, for but let's sure. you, right? So then all of a sudden, all of this real estate is crashing, but we all live in these palatial estates that are as big as we want because they're made out of air and stardust. I mean, who knows? Whatever, right. right? But in that scenario, we wouldn't necessarily have a recession, but we would have suddenly this massive decline in prices in housing.
0: Okay, let's let's yeah. let's talk about the the idea that we magically make houses for a nickel when we come back. <laughs> All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM 608-785-7914 is the talking text line. John Robinson, Doctor John Robinson from Turbo. He's my, he's one of my economists I bring in here. He's the. I didn't write it down again. I'm the you're, guy. The, you're the interim dean, and and if, when you're done with that and you get your old position, what is that again? You're the. I'm
1: a associate professor of business. Teach some finance. Teach some economics.
0: Okay, so. Do you, do you use current events when you're teaching a lot? Because, I mean, you could... Because part yeah. of me thinks like... Because a lot of our notes here have COVID written in them. And a lot of times I'm like, I don't, I don't want to bring up COVID because people are just eye roll or uh-huh. sick of talking about COVID. But COVID, for, for somebody in your position, here's a thing that's hopefully never going to happen in our lives again that totally decimated whatever, right? you're In your field, whatever you want to pick perfect thing to teach about. This is what happens when this thing, you know, right. Is is that, is that a thing you're doing quite often?
1: Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, when I teach in our, in our lab, we got the stock tickers going around the room. So right. When those light up all red, then it's okay. What happened today? And we got to bring that up. But I, you know, I think it really, it it is important when you're trying to think critically about the world around you right. To be able to notice like, Oh, I'm confused. Like why, why is this like this? And I think, you know, current events are awesome opportunities to just be a little introspective and say, okay, you know, like, we just, you know, we were talking about how, you know, uh, in Florida insurance rates are up 42% this year. Well, that, that seems surprising. Like, you know, I'm confused that this is a big number. And they just, you know, those are good opportunities to, like, dig deeper and say, okay, well, why? Let's, let's pull that thread, see where we get. And then, you know, the idea would be to curate, you know, those kind of things you're wondering about that are meaningful to the, you know, the class at hand, but I mean, we're fine to you know, to tug on anything really. Cause it's really about trying to learn to be inquisitive and how, I mean, how do you follow me? Again, this is like, you know, we, we're all crying about fake news, but there's right. What do you do to combat that? Like we, we gotta be effortful a little bit. And well, what are your,
0: co- what are your COVID notes? Cause we don't want to talk about that, but let's do it. <laughs> COVID had a devastating um, COVID has been devastating for our ability to work. Yes, But only because it, not only, but partially because it took, you say, f- over 5 million people and made them disabled. So yeah. we have plus 5 million people. Wisconsin's unemployment rate is 2.4%. I don't think it's ever been lower. lower. Um, and then, I mean, that's, we, we just took 5 million people out of the, the yeah, and, so then, I think and then that's... the unemployment rate is... Well, well I think that's the paradox, it doesn't right? Doesn't add
1: up. It, well, it's it's kind of I mean. Like we know, every you know, so many employers in our area are looking for people to you know, they're like, oh, we need people to come in and work. We're having such a hard time getting staff. We're having trouble filling positions. But then you have this low unemployment rate. Well, part of the maybe the demystery of that is that there's a bunch of people, probably you know, maybe in their fifties and sixties, that would have happily come work, or maybe were working, but are suffering. In, like that are literally disabled because of health consequences, but and it doesn't have to be the disease, right? Maybe they had unmanaged diabetes when they couldn't come in. Maybe they had chronic conditions that were treated because they were quarantining. I mean, there are lots of health consequences well, to the lockdown. When you
0: do you add that to the fact that my parents just retired, they're baby boomers, right? They that we have a whole generation of baby boomers so the the vast amount of the population is retiring mm-hmm. and they're not getting replaced as fast as you know whatever they were doing they were banging right during <laughs> during that time yeah. 70 years ago their parents were banging all the time and and uh that hasn't happened since we needed another event maybe covid's that event maybe everyone was at home uh doing it and therefore you know that we'll have a new generation of baby boomers someday sometime in the future that will that'll take care of the unemployment rate yeah that's a good the a unemployment man. yeah it is
1: a you know we're a bunch of people hoping. About the future in the middle of the pandemic, right? Probably, I probably not.
0: Right? <laughs> I mean, I have a little niece that uh, maybe might be that. <laughs> so sure,
1: I think you know. But you're talking about something. I mean, I remember as a kid, they'd say, "Oh yeah, there's this demographic cliff that's going to happen in like 2025." We're here, and we're here, and then COVID. You know, the, with this disability situation with long COVID, it layers on top of that. So it's sort of like all of a sudden you're just like double hitting the the, the labor force, just the total number of people.
0: Yeah, how could we anal- analogize that? There's the cliff. We're Wiley Coyote. We have now fallen off the cliff because all these people retired. But then what? The cliff bottoms out. No, <laughs> like no. I th- once, th- once the coyote hits the bottom then he but there's a basement or there's a there's a sinkhole at the bottom of the cliff and now he's fallen through that and he keeps falling no
1: i think it's we're at the point where you know you're he's standing in the air holding the sign that says Oops. oh that's where we're at and it's and it's about to be a puff of smoke and <laughs> okay. some action lines you know but
0: we need to combat that do you i mean is that a thing that you think about as an economist and and in as a you know a business professor you know here's you know, oh, we're, yeah. we're there what can we do to combat that because Besides bring immigrants in to fill the gaps, right?
1: Yeah. well, So that's right. This, yeah, this is where we're getting in trouble. Crazy proposal ideas. Let's just go. I mean, I really, it just drives me nuts that people, you know, if, like if you had, let's imagine you had a pretty labor-intensive career. You've got some pretty serious long-term joint, you know, you've got bad back, bad joints because you're just working. I was right?
0: doing physical therapy today, literally. So, yeah. Anyway. You're
1: beat up, right? You're <laughs> beat up. You're, you're disabled. you like, you know, and you're getting social security disability because literally you're disabled by your job. Yeah. But we don't. You know, we don't let those folks like pick up a desk job that they could actually do, maybe part time, right? They'll disqualify themselves from right. receiving their benefit. It's like they're not even allowed to do the stuff they can do, or lose their benefit that they, right? They spent a lifetime doing you know this di- very difficult, debilitating career, and we set up a system to compensate them at the end of that lifetime of work. And then we're also saying, yeah, but if you ever do anything productive with your life, too bad, we're going to take it
0: back. Yeah, yeah, that person can't even be a Walmart greeter, right? They would lose their other benefits. Where we should have maybe some, some. Uh, yeah, so I, was, I mean, that would be the first thing I
1: would do. Is say, let's just look, let's let these people work a little bit and let them still collect their disability because I mean, right? They're they got. This, I mean, you you know, you get to. It's not like you can just claim many, disability out of nothing. Like, how many
0: of those people do you think would actually want to do that, though? I, I kind of wonder if that percent, because that percent seems like two to me. Two percent of those people I would know. actually want. You want me to what? Uh, I'm I good.
1: Know. I mean, the, the reality are. I mean, nobody's living. Nobody's living like a charmed life on disability checks, right? I mean, a little extra money would go right. a long way. Yeah, so. for sure.
0: Part of me thinks too is like if I retire, like someone that retires, right? Can mm-hmm. can I retire and then claim my retirement benefits, but also then get a part time job? Yeah, like it, I mean, it's what you're saying is allow yeah. some of this like two-way street here.
1: Right. Which of course you totally can if it's retirement, but you can if it's disability.
0: So. But we just literally don't have enough bodies. Because the idea of like some 70-year-old that retired, you know, picking up a part-time job is very sad to me. Like I get it if they want to do it and let them do it. But if they don't want to do it and have to do it, then I'm just like, uh, do we really need the 70-year? We should give them better benefits so that they don't have to unretire.
1: Yeah. Well no, that's fair. I think, you know, it's it's you know there's a, there's a big difference between coercing people into it and giving them the option
0: yeah I mean it, but we course, don't have either at this point Correct. We, so I mean you're saying we we could see what happens I mean, it wouldn't be that bad to allow that to happen and then see if people actually take that two-way street um six zero eight seven eight five seven nine one four is the talk and text line we were talking about your house analogy and I just totally like uh, hijacked what we were talking about but during the break, but um, what, how we, we were talking about if you could build houses. Oh, inflation, right? That's what we were talking yeah, about. When so, does the deflation say? And you said if we built houses for a nickel, we would see the housing market. What would that do, though, actually? If we all of a sudden snapped our fingers and there was a plethora of houses for everyone to buy, because we're kind of in the opposite scenario right now. What would that do to everybody else if everyone could buy a house for, you know, affordable, uh, an affordable house?
1: Yeah, well and- Some interesting things. So, if you think about it, like okay, so let's imagine you had a thousand bucks, and you're like, oh well, I was gonna, you know, I was gonna go to Vegas. Like, well, or I could buy five houses. (laughs) Maybe I'm not going to Vegas, right? So, so actually, five
0: houses seems extraordinary.
1: Well, I know, but but again, thinking about if we have like real deflation, suddenly all that money you would have spent since. But if you took if
0: if we took the two hundred fifty thousand dollars houses, right? Let's just say that's the normal median price for a home now, Um, and they were all fifty thousand dollars now. And what what do you think that would do to the landscape of the country? Like, would that be, I mean, it would be devastating to somebody,
1: right? Yeah. Oh, for sure. Anybody who had, you know, who had their wealth tied up in the value of their primary residence right. just got nuked, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, if they were going to do a reverse mortgage and ride off into the sunset, well, sorry, right? Now yeah, you're in for big sure. trouble. So, yeah, I mean, there's, there's definitely losers with that kind of scenario. And the real, the the stuff they worry about is like a cycle where, our money is suddenly can buy all this more stuff, so you just want to save because your money is getting more and more valuable all the time. Well, that means you're spending less, which makes stuff cheaper, which makes you want to save more, and it just, like, spirals out of control. Is that
0: where we're at right now, too, with, like, raising interest rates? And I still haven't gotten anyone to explain to me how making making it harder for me to buy a house, like middle class dude, Mm -hmm. you know, making it harder for me to buy a house by raising the rates... Or a car, right? Yep. Like, or a car uh, that are already too expensive, like a house is for sure. Um, and that's going to lower the price of Oreo cookies? <laughs>
1: yeah. I mean, I guess if you're like, man, I really wanted that Yukon, but now the payment is four figures. So plus Di-
0: Plus a higher interest rate. I know. Right? Me and Nabisco
1: are going to be friends now, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? The Keebler-Elves well, no, are I can't gonna... even afford
0: the Oreo cookies either because <laughs> they're too expensive. But when are those going to come down? Like but we're not going to are we going to see prices of stuff come down or is it just that's where we're at because none of those companies are going to make their stuff cheaper
1: yeah well i mean it's ironic because when people are saying oh you know millennials can't buy houses and like 2010 housing affordability was like never better than back then
0: oh that's when i bought a house i'm looking back now and i go oh my god i lucked out yep. totally lucked out and again
1: right combined you know prices with interest rates like the payments were just again I mean, yeah. I forget what fraction of car payments are now four figures, but it's like a lot. I mean, it's like forty percent or something.
0: Yeah, I just I don't understand how making it harder for me to buy a house is good for inflation or bad for inflation. I guess depending on how you want to put it.
1: Yeah. Well, I guess I mean money. Yeah. So, right, money gets used for like whatever we want to use it on. So, if the house is, if you don't have to use as much of your money on the house, you have more money available to buy other stuff which means those prices will probably go up because people... It's like, oh, I've, I've got extra money now. I'm going to spend it on, on a boat or on a trip that it maybe I wouldn't have otherwise. So, and what? the reverse is true, right? If housing is really expensive, then it's like, well, shoot, I can't afford things other people can afford, like in a market that's cheaper.
0: Okay, but in my head, I, th- I feel like we've just made houses way too expensive, and now I have to rent, which is just a little bit less, little bit less expensive. So I'm not even using that excess income on your trip or your, you know, whatever, like something at the, the sporting goods store or something, I'm just paying rent. That's, that's probably where a mortgage should be.
1: Right. Yeah, and especially with, I mean, rent, grow, I mean, rent grows, you're not, you know, nobody's, I mean, we don't tend to do 99 year leases when we rent, we do, you know, right. one. And so then it's going to go up all the time. Yeah. So, because the
0: housing market went up, the rent's mm, going to go up too. Right. I mean, yep. So you you don't know, you can't make sense of it either.
1: Yeah, I mean we're apparently not six zero eight seven eight
0: five. Maybe you should maybe you should apply for what that am interim. What on... <laughs> <laughs> John, John? We'll be back. All right, welcome back to the Crosstalk PM 608-785-7914 is the talking text line. John Robinson. Dr. John Robinson's in here. He's a Viterbo business professor, interim dean right now. Interim dean of Viterbo or interim dean oh, of uh,
1: the College of Business uh, Leadership and Ethics.
0: Okay. That's a lot. That's a lot of deans. Uh, well, it's one dean. That's a lot of things to be dean of. Um, okay. We we kind of teased at the beginning of the show. We we're going to talk about minimum wage. So I kind of want to bring that back. Uh, minimum wage across the country is $7.25 an hour. Okay. Obviously, we all know that. Minimum wage in Wisconsin. Also, seven twenty-five an hour. Minimum wage of Minnesota is—I uh, have it wrote down. It's like it rises with inflation, but it's ten fifty-nine an hour, and then eight sixty-three an hour for like smaller businesses. Um, nationally, should there even be a minimum wage? Because I don't think a national minimum wage works. Because seven twenty-five an hour, you know, well, seven twenty-five an hour. You—you you already said it. We don't have a minimum wage because seven twenty-five an hour is, is kind of a joke.
1: Right. Yeah. And one, I think we, I mean, we definitely should be careful because there's a big difference between trying to make it in Manhattan and trying to make it in Samoa. Right. I mean, so we don't think about that, but we might, you know, and this is real where we accidentally pushed a minimum wage on to, you know,
0: well, the talk is always a $15 minimum wage. Mm. Oh, I read this too. I'm going to forget if I don't tell you, I read right now that, and I, I don't remember how to, how they quantify it that we make at this point, I feel like I don't know who we are exactly. I got to Google this because <clears throat> we make like as much money now or less money now as people that during the great depression, did you did you ever see the, the, the correlation there? Oh
1: no. I mean, I think, you know, again, it's all about like, you know, what, what does our stuff do for us? And, you know, if you go back that far, for example, it's, it's like not crazy to have hired staff to help out with household chores. And again, this happens sometimes too, but, but now it like, because wages are so much higher than, you know, on an inflation-adjusted basis, getting help for moms with the kids is like, not, you know, it's not easier. It's, in fact, harder now. But, of course, we have computers and can fly all over the country. And cost you know, of
0: living. Does that make sense? The cost of living now versus the cost of living in the Great Depression? Yeah. Is is that a dumb comparison to even try to go back to the Great Depression era, like the, like the worst no. time? To, and, no, And not. compare it to now, just be, because of how different the country is now and then?
1: Well, kind of. I mean, so, I mean, again, so... There's, there, some things in our economy have gotten way more productive, and some things have been pretty flat, like construction. So, since these are all relative, you go back to Great Depression, it's like way easier to build stuff. I mean, you look at those buildings back in the 15s and 20s, it's like, oh, there's all these beautiful things. Well, that's, you know, relatively, construction was a lot cheaper back then. Um, huckleberries, right? It was a time huckleberries and strawberries were the same price, because it's very labor-intensive to pick huckleberries. Strawberries, you can, you know, farm, big, big farm them. So, there's things back then that are quite a bit cheaper and a lot of stuff, you know, we have TVs that they couldn't even imagine, right? So, um, but like a lot of the everyday sort of stuff we do, like, well, well the I cost just...
0: of radios back then must have been extraordinary. <laughs>
1: right. Right. But, you know, what's what about the cost of an apple pie, right? So like, <laughs> you know, I think there's a lot of just the everyday living stuff that is not easier, but then we have these like miracles on wheels that they couldn't even imagine oh
0: we couldn't so, get it we can't we can't get an apple pie like we could in the 1920s huh right. there's just no way an apple pie a 1920s apple pie right now you could cooling on the windowsill it, it would cost like 75 dollars if you could get it that quality not 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 one that 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 is 100 years old great depression 100 years ago right like that's kind of crazy to think about too right uh we're gonna have an anniversary when was the great depression was it wasn't oh 20s, i know right
1: yeah We're gonna have a an twenty nine kind of kicks it off right? Oh, okay, so. so
0: a while yet. and and I just googled like income now versus Great Depression. So here's the little Google's nice because it'll you don't even have to click. This is what we think you're thinking that you want to hear during the Great Depression. the cost of living was an average of four thousand dollars per year. Today, that amount would be the equivalent of sixty thousand dollars five hundred sixty thousand uh, dollars. yet the average salary was eleven $1, hundred a year, so back then today, a single person household. Uh, costs $1,000 per month, and a family of four th- is $4,000 a month. So just a little bit, looks like a little bit less. So about the same. We're making about the same now, or the cost of living is about the same now. as a Great Depression. That can't be good.
1: Yeah. Well, and, and again, maybe your depression house doesn't have air conditioning. And, you know, I mean, there's, like, some features right. that are missing, but also, right, I mean, part, partly, though, we price people out of housing in our modern system, right? We're like, well, you can't. You're not allowed to live in something dumpy, so your choice is a tent or, you know, what we expect is like normal amenities.
0: I feel like a lot of people are getting priced out of housing right now, mm-hmm. and then we have, you know, and other. I don't, I don't know. If, it might happen here a little bit. Just we have these places that are just vacuuming up all the housing and then keeping it for Airbnbs or just rentals. That that's and, yeah. You that, know, like we could have some housing regulation too. I feel like.
1: Well, like, it's freaky. I mean, Airbnb attendance, I mean. The, it's maybe down 50% or something to speak. I mean, the market was flooded with new entrants. possibly. I mean, it's, it's just really early on in that. So, I mean, we, we might see that
0: we've seen Airbnb deflation.
1: Mm-hmm, maybe.
0: <laughs> right. Because there's more a-
1: right there. Like they, you know, it was all that demand was driving up house prices. And then now none of those investments work because these interest rates are so much higher. So I guess we'll see who knows, but I don't know that we have a ton of that going on in the Cooley region, but
0: okay. Back to minimum wage. Cause yeah. I got derailed with the great depression thing. Um, nationally, I don't, again, you've already said, because it's so low, we don't even really have a minimum wage. The talk is always $15, Mm -hmm. but that's been the talk for so long that I feel like the minimum wage talk should be $20 or $25. But on top of that, I don't think we should have a national minimum wage either. Wisconsin prevents you from having like a local minimum wage, like La Crosse County's minimum wage would be this, or even the city of La Crosse's minimum, because that's where I think we should actually have a minimum wage is let the city of lacrosse determine what its minimum wage will be because the city of Lacrosse's minimum wage and the city of la's Los Angeles's minimum wage would be vastly different and and you know and it, even if you went to like trempello right their minimum wage would be vastly different I think than maybe lacrosse
1: right and if you're trying I mean you're trying to let me a living wage or you think about the morality of it that's going to look very different in Trempolo versus lacrosse and you know and again you can commute back and forth if you're driving but that's like a certain income segment, right? I mean, there's a lot of folks, you know, if you're using public transit, Trump is not a commuting option for you. So, I mean, yeah, it makes sense that this might need to be different if it's trying to do what the aims are, which is just to make sure people have, you know, some sort of minimum level to get calories and shelter. and.
0: So the the talking point, the, the political talking point is always a national minimum wage, whether it's 15 or, you know, maybe the talking point should change to 20 at this hour or at this point in, in time. I don't know how many, like, there's too many baby boomers, right, There's that are retiring and be like, $20 an hour, you're insane, $15 is hard to handle. Um, this this happens to me in the sports world where the NBA, the salaries keep going up because the TV money just keeps, mm-hmm. when the TV money jumps by $5 billion, then the salaries jump by, you know, 20%. And, and so, like, these low-level NBA players are making, like, $11 million a year, and it's unfathomable because that was, like, $2 million a year, couple of years ago that's we're at the same point now where we the the minimum somebody needs to work it's got to be like 15 it's got to be probably like 18 20 an hour at this point
1: yeah I mean I guess it it depends on quality of life too you know like if it's a really unpleasant job they're gonna have to pay more to I mean like 13 15 gets you at subway so what do you have to do to like in my
0: head though that's like the worst job like, like no offense <laughs> to but- people not not that it's like a, a terrible job but you know what like mm, I, do I want to do this? do i want to make sandwiches if you were going to pay me the same you know like in fact i would do this for a little bit less than what you're going to pay me to make sandwiches all day you know so
1: well i don't know what you have to pay me to like be at the you know underwater welder with like catfish attacking me i don't know (laughs) but you're right i mean the spectrum of jobs there's like you know quality of life factors but i think i mean point is first of all i mean you're at 15 was shockingly high back you know, back when we first started talking about a 15, well, now so, it's not shocking anymore. Right? Shockingly
0: high in that. thats That would be a
1: huge jump.
0: Right. Five oh, years so. ago, eight years ago. That's like a, that's like. And that talking point gets hijacked too. Cause it was never like, we're going to jump to 15, but it was always like, we're going to increment up to 15 because that's what, that's what Minnesota does it. Minnesota has kind of a funny cause it, it the minimum wage of Minnesota raises with inflation. Plus there's two tiers. So this is the other thing I want to give you small business versus big business. But like it raises with inflation. I was just reading, except when inflation's over two and a half percent, then the minimum wage. Because you you were saying before the show, you can't have a minimum wage that jumps too high. We can't go from seven twenty five to fifteen. What seven years ago? Because that would have killed all the people that are making all the businesses that are paying ten bucks an hour, right?
1: Yeah, and every you know, and everybody on food stamps is trying to like go to grocery stores, but every employee they interact with is like double the cost. So that's all get passed on, and suddenly they don't. You know, their same budget that they got doesn't cover their calorie needs anymore but you know so right because there's you know on the pricing side you get this effect but you know we're not usually talking about doubling it we're usually talking about well let's move it up enough to get people sort of collectively more at the lowest end
0: yeah the incremental change of minimum mm-hmm. wage okay see so the other thing too uh well let's take a break on and, and we'll we'll talk about the the rest of this and we'll come back <laughs> Six zero eight seven eight five seven nine one four is the talking text. I remember John what I wanted to talk about when it comes to inflation and John Robinson, Doctor John Robinson's in here as a business professor at the Turbo University. Okay, so the, we were we, and we were just talking about the idea of instead of having a national minimum wage or a minimum wage at all because we don't really even have one because it's so low. Localities have minimum wage. Would that screw up? Does it even matter until the minimum wage is at a point where it matters, like it matters, and minimum wage is at a point where it makes an effect on someone's lives or somebody's somebody's life? Because it needs to be, it, there needs to be enough people making like ten bucks an hour, where they go, oh, I'm going to make fifteen an hour now. That's actually going to impact my life. I'm going to be able to think about stuff that I can afford.
1: Yeah, I mean, the challenge with doing it locally is employers don't have to move very far to get the to get outside of the jurisdiction so then you know you have less ability to all of a sudden
0: downtown lacrosse ends up being like downtown like they all just go to on alaska or something like that they all the business kind of move out
1: yeah
0: you would almost need to like get into cahoots with on alaska right or west like every business would have to kind of but then, I don't know, there's probably some legality. Yeah, no, that.
1: there's a pretty famous example. Philadelphia used to have a stock exchange. It's the city is like, hey, we're just going to, we want us to do a little tax on every stock transaction. And so the stock exchange is like, oh, yeah, we moved across the river. <laughs> and then the city's like, oh, never mind. Never Can mind. you come back? And they yeah. said, yeah, yeah, sure, we'll come back.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, and the other thing I want to talk about is and Minnesota kind of combats this. Their, their minimum wage is 10 15 an hour for large employers, and then it's 8 63 an hour, which is almost non-existent for smaller employers. And that number is, I, I don't know what the number is. You know, it's like 50 people, under 50 oh, people. Sure. So, you know, all those employers have 49 people working or whatever the number is. But but the, the minimum wage, is, is it's weird too, because if a small business has to compete, like your, your hardware store has to compete with your, you know, Home Depot, mm-hmm. your local hardware store, well, Home Depot is definitely paying 15, 20 an hour, and you know bills hardware in in downtown or whatever that you know, downtown hoka or whatever is only going to pay 11 an hour why would anyone work at bills and his prices are higher so then i don't know a minimum wage kind of screws over the small business but should the small business exist if the person working there can't have you know doesn't have a living wage
1: yeah well and you know this is a this is a good sort of bigger picture moral question is that i think sometimes really efficient effective workplaces are like no fun to be in right like we're operating at maximal maximal capital <laughs> efficiency right we're the we're, we're doing you know the laissez-faire dream and then everyone who's in this like place is you know dialing it up to 11 and you know making sure they have adderall because they need it to do well the, the, the other one flip and,
0: side of that and no offense to anyone that works at bills or home depot because i'm not saying this is everybody is then you need you have to have you you want someone to answer your question? Your company is so big now that you're just hiring people to be in the store. Um, I need this happened to me. I need mm-hmm. some. I need a, a chainsaw chain for this chainsaw, but I don't know what's for this particular project. And that person would be like, "You oh, know, chainsaw stuff's over there." Good luck, but Bill at Bill's Hardware would be like, "Oh, I got, I got the change for yeah. you." You know, he knew it, he would know exactly what to do.
1: Well, it's interesting that the exact specific example because Home Depot actually used to have a sliding pay scale based on like years of experience. Like they get actual tradesmen to come in. Oh, and, sure. And that switched in like the early 2000s. So it's like people used to know stuff at Home Depot, and they paid them for knowing things. There's a guy it?
0: in the car right now, so mad.
1: <laughs> and they got rid of that, so now, well, yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean, I just, when I go to Home Depot, I just look for the guy with that leather tool belt, and he's, oh. <laughs> he has tape measure and a hammer. He has, like, all kinds of tools. On. Like, you ask that guy if you have a question at Home Depot. I don't, it, it, I'm don't. i literally, I'm being literal right now. There is, that guy does work there. 608 785 7914 just a couple of minutes here to wrap up. You know, you made this nice list for me, but I don't, I, we didn't hit it all. Um, I guess we kind of did. We were talking about inflation and deflation a little bit. Um, but how about this? Just in general, is the economy doing good? Because me and William Garcia, Democratic Party, a uh, Democratic Party chair of Lacrosse County, talked about Bidenomics, and he kind of released his plan uh, for his campaign run, mm-hmm. right? And is, is the is the economy doing well enough right now that? biden can run on that because that's kind of like one of the determining factors of running for office is how the economy is doing especially president
1: right i mean i guess i mean i think you can make a pretty solid claim in the following way because we've had these big labor shortages for the first time in a long time we've had upward pressure strong upward pressure on entry-level wages so again thinking about like you know there's a lot of americans some of us right a few of us make a lot of money and we have a bunch of us that don't make very much and for the real like the lowest end in the wage scale have, have seen pretty significant gains so from the perspective of like you know if that's your target demographic right you're saying hey for the people that are actually on my team my stuff has been pretty good i mean i think you could
0: vote for me i'm bringing your wages up like <laughs> i'm bringing the lower class wages to middle class essentially is what you're saying right and, trying to raise that
1: and if that's an accident historical accident of covid and you know, boomer retirements. Well, I mean, it's this is politics, right? You, you, people claim wins, you know. I mean, the president has low, so little to do with any of this anyway. Right, you, exactly. you might as well claim credit for everything you can. I mean, I don't know.
0: One one other thing here. We got two minutes, and I, I'm going to have the governor on later t- this week, but uh, the, the tax rates or the tax brackets, mm-hmm. like they want to, they, the Republicans want to go to a flat tax. Is that a good idea? Like in terms of, Like To me, it doesn't seem like the lower class people are getting taxed less, but the higher class people are getting taxed the same as the lower class. It doesn't make any sense to me. We should have more tax brackets, not less. I mean, we should have one for every $1,000.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, I think from a – I mean, outside of some sort of philosophical moral argument, from a pure economic perspective, graduated tax rates make a lot of sense. Implicitly, right, it means that you're taxing more in good years and taxing less in bad years. And that it does automatically, you don't need an act of Congress or the president to do this, it just happens on its own. Things that happen on their own that are smart are good. (laughs) So I think there's, I mean, there's a pretty significant loss of automatic fiscal responsibility that comes from a graduated tax. Here's the thing, though, right? That's income tax when, in fact, right, it's wealth income that, I mean, again, doctors aren't the people that are... Generating but I mean, it's it's like capitalist income that's really big and has all the income inequality. And that's and,
0: not getting taxed. And that's
1: not affected by any of that discussion.
0: So Okay, yeah, because the tax cut plan and he and he vetoed some of it. Either way, it was gonna be like a hundred dollars or thirty dollars for somebody, and I'm just like that's not gonna affect anyone's lives on the bottom end of the totem pole or the top of the totem pole, wherever the middle and lower class people are. I think maybe they might be at the top of the totem pole. Um, because like a thirty or a hundred dollar income tax cut per year isn't enough, isn't anything to, to those people. Like it'd have to be like five grand is what I keep saying.
1: Yeah. Well, and also I think we have a very flat tax right now in effect because we have Social Security tax and Medicare tax that's flat, and we you know compared to income for a lot of us that's like way bigger. I mean, it depends how many kids you have and stuff. But
0: all right, that's Dr. John Robinson, business professor at Viterbo. Thanks, John.
1: Yeah. Thanks.